you. Glad you're here. I want to welcome all of our campuses, uh, Lone Tree, Highlands Ranch, Castle Rock, Lakewood, and those that live stream us, uh, those that will listen later on in the next week or two by downloading uh, our podcast or streaming it, or even if you have a CD or DVD, I want to welcome you and thank you for being part of the Greater JFC family. Uh, all of our campuses on your way in, you're handed the notes, and if you'll grab those in just a second, uh, we'll jump into um, to the message here. I have a couple things that I'd like to um, uh, remind you of and see if I can't stir up a little more activity about. Um, we've been announcing for the past few weeks that we're trying to put together an Israel trip for 2014. Uh, we need 30 people to make a trip happen. That's what uh, a minimum number is that they base the hotels off of and the buses and all of the, the cost of going. So we've got 17 um, right now through the last two weeks that have actually paid deposits. We don't count people that sign up, but people that actually pay deposits. Those are the ones that you, you, you're able to say. We've got other people interested in it, but I need 13 more people if we're going to do a trip in 2014. So it would be in September, and if you'd like information about it, online, jfc.org, you can find it there, or out in our foyer at uh, Connect, Serve, Grow. You can get information there, too, about the trip. It's not too late to sign up, and we're doing it in increments, so it doesn't all have to come at one spot. But we still have a few weeks left where we can still decide whether or not we can pull this trip off, and I'd sure like to be able to go if there's enough interest in it. So if you uh, want to go, please let us know um, as soon as possible so that we can go ahead, and uh, we're going to have to make the decision in the next two or three weeks or so on whether or not we're going to go. So if you're in a position sort of like on the fence or just like, well, you know, um, maybe maybe this will help you make up your mind, we'd, we'd love for you to go, and we'd love to be able to pull off a trip in, in 2014 and, and make it happen. And then uh, just one other quick thing before we before we jump into this, Chris and I uh, had the, the week off. We had uh, a week of vacation, and we, we went to California where the weather is actually normal. Um, and and uh, the, there's actually sun and no wind in certain places. Uh, in, yeah, and it was about 80 degrees, and we had a, a wonderful time there. But one of the things we, we do when we travel is um, uh, attend different churches that um, uh, we um, – that we've learned from or that we admire or that we want to uh, become familiar with, whatever the case is. We had a chance to go to Rick Warren's church. I don't know if you, if the name's familiar. It's Saddlebacks, one of the larger churches in America. Tremendous church. And um, just, uh, it, it, they actually, their parking lot is structured, it's so big, it's structured like Disneyland. We parked in Jonah. <laughs> I am not kidding you. We parked in Jonah. We could have parked in Joseph if we had wanted to. It's on multiple levels. Um, you know, tens of thousands of people, literally, that, that attend, and he's a, a very influential and, and, um, and, and well-known uh, pastor, and he was actually uh, teaching last week, and we were lucky to, to be able to see him when we were there. But uh, just say, say that to say this. We, we so admire and so learn and, and so many things that we're like, gosh, we'd like to be able to do that or let's incorporate that, things like that. But I, I want to say this and make it sound the right way. I don't want to sound, um, you know, uh, uh, I don't want it to sound haughty, um, and I certainly don't mean it flippant, but just just an observation, uh, I love our church. God, God has done a good thing here for us, too. We have a good church, and it's just, it, it's good to come home, and it's good, it's good to be here. So um, just, uh, just a, 
just wanted to share that. It was just really, really exciting for me to be back. Okay, uh, our, our series is called Obey, and I'd like to welcome all of you uh, to, to the series. As it was announced, it's the fourth message in the series. Pastor Dan taught last week, and uh, Dan and our worship pastor skillfully, I thought, um, I got, I got the, the video on it, and I, I thought they skillfully connected um, the, the response time at the end with, um, with tearing those cards up and then filling the altar. And I'd like to thank Dan. I just thought he did a tremendous job. And I'd like to thank him for his ministry to our church. It was just, it was, it was just outstanding and, and so very enjoyable. Uh, th th this, uh, this weekend, here's where we'd uh, like to go. The series is about... Uh, as a reminder, being whole and healthy in mind, spirit, and body. And that's what we're trying to teach on. So at the transition point, I'm going to talk about how to deal with how you feel. Anybody in this room ever have problems with feelings? <laughs> One or two of us. Um, it <laughs> Some of you are like, I don't know how I feel about that right now. Yes, I, I totally understand. Let, let's uh, mark chapter 12, 29 and 30. And actually, a couple of weeks ago when I taught from this, uh, series, I used this verse, went into a different direction, but as I was preparing for it, uh, I was reminded of this verse, and I, I sort of want you to look at, uh, I'll let you be the, the decision maker, how do you think Jesus is saying this? So let me read it to you. Um, he's asked the question, you remember that uh, a young uh, leader has come up to him and asked him, um, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Which one uh, is the one that matters? And Jesus very skillfully answers the question this way. The most important one answered Jesus is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And then uh, this right here. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Now here's what I would ask you and would like to get your opinion on. Do you think Jesus is saying it this way? Here's the important one. Love God with all your heart all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, when you get around to it, when you feel like it, when you feel like it's a good time, go ahead and do that. Or do you think he's saying it this way? You want to know the most important one? Here it is. Love God with everything that you have. Give God your best. Give him the best part of your mind, the best part of your heart, the best part of your strength, the best part of you. Give it to God and love him that way. Which way do you think he's saying it? Well, that's what I think too. And if you agree with that statement, then the next thing will make sense to you. I put down two thoughts I believe that God has emotions. So let, let me point out to you from Scripture. Here's some of the things that the Bible tells us that God feels. God feels anger. God feels happy. God feels pleasure. God feels remorse. God feels love. God is a God of feeling. And the truth is we're created in whose image his image therefore our feelings are not something of this world we're stamped in the likeness or the image of God and that doesn't mean like fingers and hair and eyes and mouth it means that we're given attributes like God has and some of the attributes that God has his ability to feel to to be aware of and to connect with his creation when he created us, it wasn't so that we were distant. He wanted us to connect to him emotionally. It's one of the things that Jesus teaches. I'd rather that you were hot or cold and not just lukewarm. Be one way or the other. Be emotional one way or the other. But don't just be in between someplace. He himself 
feels very passionate. You know that, don't you? And so putting this down, I just think that God has emotions, and the Bible clearly teaches that he feels different things. So if that's true and we're created in God's image, then the second statement, I think, sort of sets up where we'll go tonight. Your ability to feel is a gift from God and not a curse. Try that one more time. Your ability to feel is a gift from God. It's not a curse. Now, now how about this? Of course, it's an area where the enemy loves to attack people, isn't it? It's an area where I think many of us, we struggle with emotions and we struggle with feelings. Some of it from the ways that we were treated as children. And some of us just simply because of the things that have happened to us in life. And some of us just simply because of things we don't understand. We don't know how to sort of reconcile some of the feelings we have about things. Things don't always go the way we want. We don't always get it to, to happen and put together in the way that we want to. So sometimes the feelings are manipulated or they're, they're, they're exploited by an enemy. And we tend to think, well, I, if I didn't have feelings or I didn't have to deal with these things, it wouldn't be so bad. But the truth of the matter is God feels you're created in his image and your feelings are a gift from God. If you have children, how wonderful is it to be able to connect emotionally with your children? How many of you would like to connect emotionally? Is that, would that be a better way to say it? I think uh, I, this is true too. I, I, I know not for everyone, and I certainly, um, the, the, the message isn't about marriage tonight, but I would, I would just, gosh, here we are 30 years into our marriage, and uh, you know, on our, here, here in, in, here's Chris and I, both at 50, we're at Disneyland this last week, like with no kids. It was wonderful. It was just wonderful. It was cheaper too. Uh, <laughs> but we we are just having the time of our lives and 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 just enjoying each other so much and and to be so passionately. I, I hate using the word in love because it's got so many different connotations for people and so much of that is an emotional love. But part of loving someone are the emotions that come with it, not just the decision to be in love and the decision to give yourself and to serve someone, but the emotions that come with it. Isn't it true? I, I know that when, when you're faced with suddenly losing that, you recognize how important those feelings are, aren't they? It's a gift that God has given us and it matters to us. I, I felt it, what, what I said when I began the message tonight was true. My emotions and feeling like I can't wait to get back to my church. I was excited to be here. I remember that when, when we started our church, one of our tests that we give to each other, Chris and I, as to whether or not we're still in the right place at the right time doing the right thing is this. When you're driving on I-70, there's a place right past Evergreen when you're coming uh, eastbound, coming down into Denver. It's the first time you get a look at the front range and you can see the city. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You, you, it's a beautiful sight. And I remember when we first started the church, there was another guy that had planted right around the same time. He was from California, and he came to Colorado to plant a church. He wanted to plant his church in California, but he was planting through a denomination who told him, no, we want you to go to Colorado and plant your church. So he was disappointed already when he started. And he was driving with his wife. They were coming back from visiting relatives in California, back to their church in Denver, driving on I-70. They got to that place right past Evergreen where you can see down the hill over the front range, and, and he, he turns to his wife and he goes, isn't that beautiful? And she bursts into tears and she goes, it's the ugliest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yes, yes. So how many of you know 
it's going to be a bad time when, right? So, so, so one of our tests, I, I shared that. He, he, he was sharing that with me and, and, and working his way through whether or not he was supposed to still pastor and where he should be and on and on and on. And I shared that with Chris. And I remember the next time we drove that way, coming down, we get to that point. You can see all of the city. And I looked, I said, isn't it beautiful? <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> and she tells me, this is our city. God's given us this city. This is where we're going to spend our lives and raise our children. And our church is here. And we still feel that way. Those feelings are powerful. And they, they connect us to something. They, they, give us, they give us hope and they give us encouragement. And they're not, those are feelings. They're blessed of God, aren't they? They allow us to know to go forward into things and to, to connect to things. So just the idea here that God has emotions, we're created in God's image, and your ability to feel is not something that is of the fallen world or mistakes or, or not important. Your feelings are a gift from God. So let me give you two extremes that I think are in the world today that when people are taught about emotions and taught about feelings, that these two things are taught. The first one is emotionalism. So if you're taking notes, let me, let me just give you the fill in the blank right here. Emotionalism, the definition would just simply be that uh, emotionalism is taught this way. All that matters is how I feel. How many of you know people that live their life just whatever they feel is how they decide to live their life that day? You know that's a mistake, correct? I see some of you laughing. I wonder what you're laughing about. I wish I could read minds sometimes because I'd love to know what someone, when I say that, when you know, all know somebody who lives their life with emotions and what a mistake that is, and there's the smirk. I wonder what your story is. I would love to know. So emotionalism is an extreme, and it's taught that all that matters is how it seems to me today that, that uh, children are raised very much aware of, uh, more than anything else, how do you feel. And it's okay to be in touch with your feelings. And certainly, the other extreme is stoicism. And if you need a definition of stoicism, it would just simply be that feelings and emotions aren't important. Both of those are extremes, aren't they? To live only by your feelings or to deny that feelings have any bearing whatsoever. But it seems to me today that uh, the, the generation of children today are being raised very much with the idea of how do you feel, how do you feel, how do you feel, and feelings are not the only thing to live your life by. So, so why would that be true? All right, well, let me give you, here's the win. This is sort of out of order in the message. Normally, I would put the win at the bottom, but I put it here in the middle, and then I'll teach from learning to manage your emotions at the end rather than in the middle. So here's the win. Here's what, if I could change anything or help you with anything, or that we would pray that God would minister to you over today, it would be these three things. The win is that your mind, how you think, your mood, how you feel, and your mouth, what you say, becomes obedient to God. So say it one more time. The win would be that under your mind, how you think becomes obedient to God. Here, here is an idea. You can't afford to have a thought in your head that God doesn't have in his. It will cost you too much. It will take you too far. It will put you in a position you don't want to be in. You need to think the way that God thinks. In fact, I, I would say this, 
that may be the number one area in the church that needs reformation is the way we think about God. If we, if we accused our parents of treating us the way we accuse God of treating us, they'd be arrested for abuse. I thought that was good. I, that, apparently that was not as good as I, I thought it was. Sometimes the way people talk about God is just, they, they think all sorts of weird things. How about your mood, how you feel? That should be obedient to what God says. And in your mouth, what you say. How many, do you agree that what we say should be obedient to God? The power of life and death is where? The tongue. Gosh, there's so much here that I would talk about when it comes to the idea of feeling. So let's, let's move down and we'll just hit some of these things and spend a little time talking about how to deal with how you feel. So I put under learn to manage your emotions. Learn to manage your emotions because feelings are often unreliable. Feelings are often unreliable. My favorite thing is to get agreement on it, so let me ask, do you agree with that statement? Gosh, <laughs> Proverbs 14, 12, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to what? Yeah, for sure, because feelings are often unreliable. I'll give you a couple of examples just today that happened. Um, I was getting on the highway. I live Highlands Ranch right off of um, Lucent and 470. So I'm getting on the highway and um, coming towards the church this afternoon. And as I get on the highway, uh, there's a guy that just refuses to get over. And I seem to attract those guys more than, than average. And the guy just absolutely refuses. And then there's cars in front of me. And, and so this guy will not, he will not get over and he won't yield so no one can merge. So four cars end up on the shoulder jamming their brakes on. You ever been there? Right? Any of you ever had a feeling like you want to kill somebody? Let's <laughs> be honest, just honestly. How many of you are glad you don't act on that feeling right there? And if you're like, well, I don't know, you're probably the one that doesn't yield that we all want to kill would be the, the difference. They're just, they, your, your feelings, they, I, I don't know how to say it other than they can flash up and down so quickly, can't they? And they can light, it feels true. But if you lived your life that way, it would mess you up entirely. There's a way that seems right financially. I want you to think about that for a moment. When you're, when you're shopping, uh, looking for a car, you had that experience. They put the smell of new car, it's a combination of heroin and crack cocaine. <laughs> you don't know it, but that sells a lot of cars. And you smell that, and common sense goes right out the door, does I mean, you just, you smell that smell, and you're emote. Tell me it's not an emotion. How, how about this thought, then? Um, what triggers emotions? 
senses. I think your five senses are the very things that trigger emotions. Yes or no, what you see can trigger how you feel. Do you agree with that? How about this? What you hear? Have you ever listened? Any of you uh, my age or around there hear a song from your teenage years that can bring you right back to where you were the last time you heard the song? You remember what you were doing to your shame sometimes, right? It's, it's funny how that happens. How about this? Smell can trigger feelings. I, I um, Chris, she is a cook, man. She can, she's, she can cook. And she, when she cooks Cajun stuff, she, what's the saying? The way to a man's heart is through his stomach. Um, I can remember being a little boy and smelling those smells from my grandmother's kitchen. Smelling sausage cooking when she does jambalaya or red beans and rice or etouffee. It's the reason I'm the shape I am. <laughs> it's smell can trigger emotions, both good and um, and bad. And bad. If you just think about your, your five senses, it can trigger emotions very quickly. When it comes to things that emotionally charge you, it's of course the enemy loves to use the senses to trick you. Then we use things like, this is how I feel. And we make so many decisions based on how we feel. And it's such a temporary feeling, isn't it? I have done this for a very long period of time now. And I will have people come to me and, and, and tell me, especially when they've decided to divorce, I don't feel love for this person anymore. Is that legitimate? I think the feeling is legitimate. But it's a feeling that changes. So how do you know that? Because you didn't start feeling that way. You didn't start your married life feeling that way. No one's ever come to me and said, I hate this person, would you marry us? It's true. It's feelings. Feelings cannot run your life. So while, while they do, they're just so deceiving. They're important. You know, I realize I'm just sort of talking a little bit here. Some of these things are things that, even in my life, you know, depression. It, it's a warning sign for deeper issues, really. When you just try to teach or, or treat the feeling of depression, many times you can miss what's triggering things in a person's life. So many times a physician will treat how a person is feeling not coming close to what's actually wrong with them. So you want to learn to manage your emotions, make them obedient to God, because feelings are often unreliable. There's a way that seems right, but in the end, 
can lead to your death. Learn to manage your emotions, too. Because I don't want to be manipulated. Anyone ever been manipulated by your feelings? A good salesman knows how to appeal to your feelings, yes or no? Have you ever been there? Have you ever been talked into something you didn't want to do? No one. Wow. We all have, haven't we? One of the reasons you want to learn to manage your emotions is because they can be manipulated. Proverbs 25, 28. Those who do not control themselves are like a city whose walls are broken down. So it's a reference to the way cities were set up in the Old Testament. For those of you who have been to Israel with me are familiar even today with Jerusalem. It still has the city walls around it. And in ancient days, the protection of a city was its city walls. To get in and out of a city, you had great big gates that they would open in the daytime and then close in the nighttime, and they would put sentries at the gates to watch who was coming in and who was coming out. That's how they could control a crowd, and they could control danger. So a city was only as protected as the ability for its walls to be built up around it so that when they would be attacked, the way the Romans got Jerusalem was to set the walls on fire and then to take a battering ram, and the walls just shattered at that point, and then the city was able to be taken. They could just run loose through the city. So the reference here is to that idea right there, that a man or a person who's not in control of their emotions is like a city whose walls are broken down. The enemy can come and go at will in that person's life. Interesting, huh? Think about that for a moment. Here, here we are, loving God, serving Him, giving ourselves to Him, trying to build our lives on truth. And yet the Bible tells us that a person who allows their emotions to not be controlled, who, who is, uh, lets themselves be manipulated, who doesn't have those feelings under the obedience of God, is like a city who has no protection around it. So that at any time the enemy wants to, he can raid the city. How frustrating would it be to constantly be trying to build up your supplies, build up your life, and build up your, 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 your family, and build up what God has for you, and then the enemy, any time he wants to attack you, is there's nothing to stop him. The frustration of him being able to come through your feelings. Gosh, does that happen? Tell me we all know someone who can't control their feelings. You know, back to this middle part under the wind. Let me just say this quickly. Mind, mood, and mouth. How you think, how you feel, what you say. That's actually the progression of how it works in a person's life too. Let me spell it out for you. You begin by the way you think. It then manipulates how you feel. And then you end up talking about how you feel. Yes, no? Do you agree with that? 
So when I say talking about it, it's not just like, hey, I feel bad. It's like, listen, we've lost everything. The devil's won. You ever hear people that talk that way? God is against us. He's turned his back on us. The number one place that I think the church needs reformation is the way we think about God. If we don't think about him being good all the time, regardless of how we feel, our feelings outweigh truth. Learn to manage your emotions, three, because I want to please God. Anybody in here pray on a pretty consistent basis? No, not pray, yes. Pray on a consistent basis. God, I want to be pleasing to you. So what I do, let it be pleasing to you. So David said this, uh, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be what? Pleasing to you. Anybody ever pray that way? I want to be pleasing to you, God. Uh, what I do and what I say and what I think and how I act, how I treat people, what they see, both publicly and privately, I want to be pleasing to you. Okay, then one of the ways that that will happen in your life is by learning to manage your emotions. Romans chapter 8, 6 and 8 says, to be controlled by human nature results in what? But then look at this. To be controlled by the Spirit results in life and peace. Those who obey their human nature, read the last three words with me, cannot please God. Is, is one of the interpretations of that scripture, is it easy to be said that then a person who allows their flesh to control their emotions can't be pleasing to God? Do you agree with that? Am I twisting it or taking anything out of context? That's exactly the way that it is. Your, your, your flesh, when it is put in a position to the way that I feel or, or all these things that are happening, I just, how, how about, maybe this is a good way. Any emotion you can't talk about is a sign that you're out of control in that emotion. When a person goes, I, I just can't talk about it. Probably because they're out of control in that emotion right there. So they, can't, they can't get a grip on, gosh, what's happening to me? It's, it's totally legitimate. I'm not saying it's not legitimate. It's totally legitimate, but it's not the way God wants you to live your life. It's not the way he wants you to, to go through life and to respond and to feel about things. Any emotion, any feeling that doesn't make you more like Jesus, you need to learn to dismiss. Any emotion or feeling that doesn't cause you to be more like Jesus, learn to dismiss it. Take control. Just because you feel that way doesn't mean you have to act that way. Just because you feel like this thing is, this is ah, it doesn't mean you have to let yourself go that way. The Bible says, here's what we can do. We can take capture every thought to make it obedient to the truth of Christ, so that when those things come, we don't have to just go along with them and allow our lives to be overrun by the enemy and then to be constantly patching up damage. 
gosh, let's quit living to do damage control all the time. Let's live to be overcomers. So any feeling or emotion that comes to you that doesn't make you more like Jesus, grab hold of that thing and dismiss it. This is not God. I don't have to go this way. I don't have to do this thing. I don't need to live my life this way. And here's the truth. If you exalt truth over feelings, your feelings will change. But if you exalt your feelings over truth, your truth will become your feelings. Get what I'm saying? You become your version of the truth. Hmm. Feelings are powerful. They, they're in all areas of our life. They're used by God and manipulated by the enemy. All right, so come to the end of this. Pastor, are easy to expose the idea that emotions are out there and that the devil wants to use them. And yeah, I can see some things in my life and I agree with you. Anything that doesn't make me more like Jesus needs to be dismissed. But the truth of the matter is I've just lived my life so long that way. What do I do? Gosh, here's the, this is the best news in the world. The power of the gospel isn't that it changes your past. It can change your future. So today, this weekend, right now, make a decision to follow the truth. Do business with God. When we come here, this is what I believe is true. That when we recognize things that are not the way they're supposed to be in our life, we can go to God and say, God, I need this to change. And God is right there ready to say yes to that. That's the Holy Spirit in us. That's the power of God in us. We don't just see things and like, oh, that's so far away. No, it's, it's here and it's now. Today's the day of salvation. This is the opportunity to deal with those things. To allow your emotions to become obedient to the Holy Spirit. I don't even know what to do. God, fill me. You should pray this every morning. How many believers think that? Man, I was hoping you would get the majority of people. <laughs> every morning, believer, this is what you should pray. Holy Spirit, Fill me with your truth. I need my emotions to be in check with your truth. I need my life to be filled with who you are. And then as you live life in the daytime and things happen, this is your prayer. Holy Spirit, fill me up again. Take control of my emotions. Holy Spirit, I submit myself to you. Fill me up. So, Pastor, why are we doing this? Because the Bible tells us if we're controlled by the Holy Spirit, we're pleasing to God. And if we're controlled by our flesh, we can't be pleasing to God. So, therefore, our only choice is we can't do anything about this. We need God to do this in us, right? That's why we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't want you to go out of here and tell me I'll be good and watch all of my emotions this week. In fact, I'll double dare you to do this. If you think that works, try it. And watch what happens before you get out of the parking lot tonight. Watch what foul things can come out of your mouth. <laughs> That's that old willpower versus self-control. 
Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. Willpower, no matter how wonderful it is, is still an act of the flesh. Destined to fail. Hear what I just said. Destined to fail because the flesh will not turn into spirit and the spirit doesn't turn into flesh. So you've got to do it God's way. Fill me up. Take control. I yield myself to you. Here's the truth. You should be spending time with God every day so that you know what the truth is. So that when a lie comes in your feelings, you know that's not the truth. Many of us live our lives the way we live it because we don't know that it's not the truth. It's not too late even now. God, fill me up. Take control of my emotions. I'll just close with this right here. When I have spent time with God, see if you know this to be true. When I have spent time with God, there's not many things that can move me from that place. Stuff can happen to me, and rather than it controlling me, I can usually just, I can shake it off. I can adjust. The feelings come, but I don't follow after the feelings. When I haven't been spending time with God, it's amazing how stuff controls my life. People come your way that bump your arm and you don't know what's in your cup till you get bumped. Anybody? Jesus said it this way. It's not what goes into a man that defiles him. It's what comes out of a man that defiles him. What comes out of a man is what's inside of a man's heart. True? So that when you're connected this way, that's what comes out of you. And when you're connected this way, that's what comes out of you. Does that make sense? God, take control of this. This is not a one-time, this is a daily issue. Daily, okay? I've said three times I'll close, so I'll close. Lord, we love you, and it is our desire to commit ourselves to you. God, we want to live according to your truth and the way that you have for us to live. You've called us to be overcomers. You've called us to be victorious. You've called us to win. You've called us to be successful, not to lose. Folks, I'm not making that up. I'm not saying that as some uh, psycho babble that just sounds right in this day and age. The truth is God has called us to live successfully overcoming lives. He has called us to be victorious. He's made it possible. Jesus has already made it possible for us to live our lives this way. And the secret to it is just what I said. It's yielding yourself to God. It's connecting with Him. It goes back to the very idea of what we want to do 
at this point in our service that we want to connect with God right now because we believe that with Him, all things are possible. So that if you're just sitting here and emotions have hurt your life, you don't need to walk out of here the same way that you walked in. And if I identified maybe some of the things that we struggle with, you know, I don't do that to expose anybody. Mostly when I'm doing things like that, I'm talking about me. I'm exposing my weaknesses and where I struggle. I'm not trying to talk down to anybody in this room or embarrass anybody or make people feel like, gosh, I'm, I'm coming up short. That's not at all what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to say, this is, this is where we all struggle. This is why the Bible says what it says. And all of us, if we identify ourselves with like, I need that to change, or I want to get better at that, or I want God to do that in my life, then man, the opportunity to go, God, I open myself to you and I yield to you. He's here, he's right now, and he's ready to do this. So our prayer just simply is, Father, our hearts are open to you. We want our emotions to be obedient to you, our feelings to come in line with what you say and with what you've spoken over our lives. That's the way we want to live our lives going forward. How good would it be, listen to this while your eyes are closed, how good would it be to become a very emotionally healthy person. Emotionally healthy. Not to one extreme or the other, but balanced and healthy and God in control of those things and overcoming because that's what he offers us. So again, Father, we just open ourselves to you. Fill us, Holy Spirit. Fill us right now. Church, when we ask for that, we're not asking for a particular gift. If you have a Pentecostal background, what you just heard me pray is, God, let me speak in tongues. That's a gift. What we're praying for is the gift giver to fill our lives, to have his way. Fill us up, Holy Spirit. Fill us up. This afternoon, this evening, this morning, in all that we do, in our work and in our marriage, with our friends, in the areas we struggle in, and the things that come easy to us, fill us up and be in control. Fill us up and be in control. So at all of our campuses, here's what I'd like you to do. Our worship pastors are going to come right now, and this first song we're just going to give to God. Rather than go to communion or the crosses or the altar or prayer, what I'd like you to do is for this first song, we're just going to stand and we're just going to worship God.
focus our minds on him, allow him to speak to us, and then I'm going to have all of our worship pastors and all of our campuses, when we get to that second song, they'll direct you and release you to communion and to the different elements that we have to engage God. But for this first song, I'd like all of our campuses just to give your heart wide open to God right now and let the Holy Spirit have this time. So if you will, stand to your feet. Our worship pastors, I'll give you the service right now. Just allow this first song to be between you and God. <laughs>